The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Yes. Yeah. Hey, welcome back in to the Mark and Linda podcast. What's up, Skeeter? Mm, not much, baby. Uh, today we give you comments with that. On this day in history, what year is it? Oh, Lord. And there's one, I told you this last night, we're going back to sleep. Based on the song, I don't know how you're going to get it. Mm. I even thought about not using it, but I thought, nah, fuck her. Let's just let her wither. Fuck you, Mark. Fuck you. As of this year, the top 10 dog names. Huh. It's Labor Day weekend. A few details for you. And with Labor Day, you may want a burger. If you're not in the mood to grill it, we have for you the best five fast food burgers. The story that uh, you former Mark and Brian listeners will enjoy, the story of the time that Mark and Brian had Santa Claus ejected from the area. A famous director who's been doing some fucking. Oh, jeez. How long is too long for a movie? And would you want to know when you're going to die? So we return to you from uh, a week off. We weren't here last Friday. We were traveling. Yes, we were. We were out. We decided that we would head to Hawaii. Now, well, first we went to California to see the kids. Yeah. Then we went to Hawaii. Yeah. We went to Maui to celebrate our anniversary. Yeah. And we hadn't been in a while. We used to go a lot. We would take the kids. Uh, we would sometimes go alone. Uh, the last time I think we went, at least with the kids, uh, we stayed at the Grand Wailea. And the Grand Wailea, the first time we went, was just just immaculate it was unbelievable how good it was and the last time we went the Wailea had become the place and it was packed yeah to the point where well you could go down to the pool area and by the way the the Wailea pool area is nothing compares they've got slides and they have an underwater bar where you can sit while you're in the pool and order cocktails or milkshakes. And we would go down first thing in the morning, you couldn't get a chair. And here's where it, I mean, cause we're spending regardless, ridiculous amounts of money. And we had a reservation for dinner and it was at seven and we didn't sit down till 845. And we had a reservation. And it was at that point I lost my shit. <laughs> so we never went back to that particular area. And we had, we had not gone back to Hawaii for quite a while. It's been maybe 20 years. But we went and we stayed at a great hotel. Can't tell you what a great time it was just to see Hawaii. And the weather was beautiful every day. Oh, it was just great. It was. And those blueberry pancakes every morning. Mm. Yeah, we, we thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. And one thing that we kind of did, especially... 
in the throes of red no longer with us and i really needed both of us to get out of here and just kind of relax and do something else other than what we were doing we celebrated by going to hawaii and sitting around and it was great because there wasn't this rut you know one of the things people do when they go to hawaii especially for the first time is their first day they try to do everything they go scuba diving, they go snorkeling, they do parasailing, they wear themselves out, and then they're sunburnt and exhausted for the next four days. We kind of started real, real slow and just hung out and kind of whatever came up, that's what we went and yeah, did. There was a lot of R&R. However, we did take our morning walks. Those were fabulous. We're trying to get ready. We're taking a uh, family Disney vacation later this year, and you know, Linda and I both work out. We go to the gym and we do what we do, and that's fine. But I've found it doesn't matter how much you go to the gym and lift or work out or do whatever your workout is. Good old-fashioned walking, like when you go to Disney World, it will kick your ass when you're walking 10 miles a day. And so we started walking in Hawaii. That went well, and we're going to continue that uh, here soon. Uh, we haven't since we've gotten back because we had to adjust. Oh, let's see. Poor us having to adjust to the six-hour time change. It's you know what when you're old, it's hard. It is kind of hard. And we did break it up in California. We didn't want to do a twelve-hour flight day, so we would fly from here to California for two or three days, and then fly from California to Hawaii, and the same thing coming back. We just kind of broke it up, but it still makes it hard. You get back home, and the first night it's bedtime, 9, 10, whatever it is, but it's actually 2 o'clock <laughs> for your body. So we both went to sleep okay, but we both kept waking up. Yeah, I still haven't adjusted. Yeah, so it, it, it takes a little bit of time. It's been a little bit of a struggle, but it's one I can live with. Yeah, yeah, we had a good time yeah. and thoroughly enjoyed. Didn't miss any of you at all. <laughs> I mean, none. Absolutely. Uh, so we go to, if you've been to Maui, maybe you've been here. If you've never been and you're going, then you probably don't want to miss lunch or dinner at Mama's Fish House. It's just a famous restaurant and it's in one of the most beautiful locations on Maui. Matter of fact, if you want to get there a little early, especially on a really windy day, which it's always windy on Maui and especially windy close to Mama's Fish House, but the best surfers in the world are there. And if it's a really windy day, you'll see them. We didn't see any surfers. No, it was windy, but not that windy. You know, normally when bad weather's coming, uh, everybody hunkers down, the surfers go to the ocean to hit the, you know, 15-foot waves, whatever it is. So anyway, we go... Uh, and by the way, don't even attempt it if you don't have a reservation. So we go and we're waiting for our name to be called and we're sitting out front, which is the ocean. And we're just kind of sitting on this bench and I'm telling you, and I'm not exaggerating, 10 different people, and I'm just sitting there, ask me to take their picture. Well, they would say, would, would one of you take a picture? And I always go, yeah, Mark, well, he's good at it. So, and, and it was always standing by a palm tree, so the ocean's in the background, and I'm a pro at it. I should have charged. You should have. I could have made we a- could have made a buck out there. A buck? <laughs> First of all, my photographs, I would tell them, okay, I'm gonna take several, and they always respected, because I would take the first one straight on, and then I would lift the phone 
So they had to look up a little bit. And the women especially who've got eight chins, mm-hmm. they really appreciated that angle. Yeah. And then I would come back in for a closer shot. I should have charged. I wasn't thinking. I was on vacation, relaxed. Normally, I would, it's 10 bucks. Take, you want me to take your picture? 10 bucks. So we, we truly did have a great time. One to be enjoyed by all. And one night we had finished dinner and we're going into the gift shop there at the hotel. Oh, yes. So we're standing there and because we're looking for some Tylenol or a leave right because we'd been walking and so we're standing there looking for it and this guy kind of bulldozes his way in between us to grab something off the shelf and I'm kind of like dude you could have waited and I'm looking and I'd seen the guy before and I I hadn't looked up yet uh, Linda was just, I don't know where Well, she I was. was trying to figure out if we were going to get Advil or extra strength Tylenol, which, by the way, we got the Tylenol. So um, I'm kind of watching the guy because, again, I'd recognized him. And he goes over by the cash register where his wife was. And there's 30 kids. It's very loud. La- I, di- I didn't look up, but it was very loud. There was a lot of children chatter going on. So... I get a good look at him and I again knew at this point that I'd seen him, not a big star, but I'd seen him. And then I see his wife. Linda is at, on Mars. I'm still over there at the Tylenol. <laughs> so, but I am noticing out of the corner of my eyes, these little kids just running around and very loud. So I lean into Linda from behind and I said, the name of the woman we're looking at. And Linda responds like this. What? So then Linda sees Tori Spelling. Yeah. And she's bent over picking up, I don't know, digging in her bag. And the kids are hers and his. And there was like eight? I think there was more like four of them, but they were very loud. Ooh, it was a bunch. Yeah. And at that point, Linda realized who it was. And so Tori Spelling and her husband and her kids were buying something in the gift shop. And then, I think this happened the day before. Well, well, let's talk about Tori for a minute. Because I was so excited to see her because I have been watching this uh, BH90210 show, which I absolutely love. I've been trying to get caught up on my DVR since we've been gone. Which, to be fair, fans of Beverly Hills 90210 do not like it. Yeah, but I do. I love it. Um, But anyway, as I was thinking about it with them in the gift shop, it was just like watching a reality show. Hmm. She's digging in her purse. He's being rude to people. And the kids are all running amok. Running amok. It was great. (laughs) It it was absolutely great. Um, And then you saw someone else. We were getting, uh, we were trying to get on the elevator. Linda was, again, oblivious. I never saw this person at all. (laughs) So Linda just gets on the elevator and this guy steps off and I knew I'd seen him. And I said to Linda, a pretty famous comedian got off the elevator. Comedian actor. And I didn't know his name, but I recognized him. And so then Linda, who always shows me stuff on social media, shows me, um, a clip of the Graham Norton uh, mm-hmm. Graham Norton show, and Graham Norton is great. It's like the Johnny Carson of today, 
he's British. And he gets guests like you can't, I mean, like instead of one guest, he has an entire cast of a movie, the entire thing. So Linda shows me a clip and there's the guy. I pointed to Linda, this is the guy. It was Olaf. It was the cast of... <laughs> uh, um, Midnight Express, Orient Express, yeah, something Express. Yeah. Johnny Depp, uh, Kenneth Branagh, and that guy. And there he was. And what's his name? His name is Josh something. I think it's Gad or Grad or... I don't remember, but you know he's the voice of Olaf in the Frozen movies. <laughs> well, there he was, right and I there. I never saw him. Damn it! Well, I did, and you know he he wasn't looking to be recognized or anything like that, and, and nobody did except me. Uh, but it, I thought it was funny that there I couldn't figure out who he was. Linda shows me a clip, and boom, there's the guy right there in front of all of us to be seen. What's that him. noise? It's a printer. Well, why are we printing in the middle of the show? I forgot to do it before the show. Oh, okay. It's something I need. Oh, and then we need to talk about our awkward anniversary dinner. Oh, my God. Okay, so we we stayed in our hotel, and we had a nice room, and there were perks with the room. If you're staying in this room, you get certain things for free, and there's a long list of the stuff that you get. One of the things, and I think it's funny, the stuff that you're buzzed by, one of the things we got was free laundry. Free laundry. They wash your clothes, no charge. <laughs> we only used it once. To Mark's dismay. Piss me off. We I mean, we get it. We can wash shit that doesn't even need it because it's free. <laughs> we send it off and they send it back and there's no charge. Well, of the other things, the one thing we got, which by the way, they used as a sales tool, we got dinner in our room. Dinner for two. Dinner for two in our room. And it came with a menu, a, a, a salad, the, uh, different salads. You could choose the one you wanted, different entrees. You choose what you want. And same with and, and dessert. And so. And you could have it on the lanai or in your room. Which means the balcony. Well, and I was going to have it on the lanai, but the wind was blowing that afternoon, 50 miles per hour, and so we had to do it in the room. All right. So much, the, much to the server's dismay. Yeah. Yeah, the guy shows up, and he, he, he's looking around, and, and, and he said, okay, I spit on the screen. Hang on a second. Let <laughs> Hold me on. Stop we're going to play the piano. Hang on. There it is. Spit right on it. Oh, yuck. Okay. Um so he said, so you want it on the balcony? And we said, no, we'd like it in here. And you could tell that um, confused him. Yeah, because I said it's too windy outside. And he goes, oh, well, just let me check. And I'm thinking, dude, I just told you I wanted it inside. But he goes and he checks. So we, we said, no, we want it in here. So we, we had a dining room table and he put the tablecloth and rose petals and the candles and, and he did all that. And so we sit down and the guy says, are you ready for your salads? Yes. And so he places the salads in front of us and he stands there. <laughs> now, when we ordered this, we told them that we wanted everything, you know, just at one time, just like, you know, when they bring room service, just bring it all. We'll eat. We'll, you know, do whatever. <laughs> he stood there. He, he he stood there as we were having our 37th anniversary dinner. <laughs> he stood there as we're eating. 
and Linda can't eat the salad because there's something in it. After chemo, it fucked up her stomach and the smallest thing will upset it and that's the last thing you want because then the night's fucked. So now she's concerned about leaving an entire salad with the guy standing right there. So I start taking bites of her salad so it doesn't look that way. And then I consume mine and most of hers. So now, And then we said, okay, so we're ready for entree. Well, let me call down. It wasn't ready. So we sit and wait while he's standing there for entree. So it was that. It was, it was, it was that. It, it was an anniversary dinner we'll never forget. Yeah. And, and then as we're checking out, the, the concierge lady who took care of us and did a great job. At, how, was your, how was your dinner in your, uh, in your room? Oh, it was great. It was absolutely yeah, it was, great. It was I mean, because what are you going to do? Be honest? Right. There's times to be honest, and I'm a king of that, but this wasn't it. I didn't want to get into, well, it was awkward. And then there's a whole conversation waiting for your valet car. Every time I think about that, I start giggling because that was just the most bizarre thing ever. It was, And leave it to us to be in that situation. <sighs> that, See, that was a total Mark and Linda experience. But I mean, we did it right. We said, you know, because they had a thing where we can have all the food brought at one time or we can do it one at a time. And we said all at one time. We didn't know the fucking guy was going to stand there. And that now I then I realized why he wanted us out on the balcony. So it wouldn't be so awkward. Right. And he could go through our stuff because I got up to leave the room. And then when I came back, he was going through our stuff. He was looking at all of our stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, when Linda caught him, he uh, said to me, those are nice cigars. What are those? He was browsing through your shit. He was he was checking out the room. No question about it. But a grand time. Great vacation. Thoroughly enjoyed Good stuff had by all. And, of course, we had the best laugh after that dinner. <laughs> we did. In its, in its terribleness, we were able to see the humor mm. and enjoy. A uh, little bit of movie talk. Uh, so, while in California, Bradley, uh, my son-in-law, he had not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nor had I. And so, Linda and the girls, we went to the Grove. And they were going to go shopping. Bradley and I are going to go to the movie. So we we go. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the uh, Quentin Tarantino film. I'm a fan. Uh, the last two I didn't really enjoy, even though my buddy Kurt Russell was in The Hateful Eight. I just didn't love it. And the one before that, Django Unchained, I actually hated. So I didn't kind of know what I was going to get with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I know that a lot of people are really loving it and many are not loving it. Um, I completely adored it. Um, it. It's Quentin Tarantino. It's hysterical. I wasn't ready for how funny. I laughed hard. It was funny to you. Yeah, to most people. Bradley didn't understand it. Bradley, Bradley is the wrong generation. He is the wrong generation. Of course, the film kind of um, circles around the Charles Manson murders of Sharon Tate. And we get out of the theater and we're talking about it. And Bradley was kind of, because he's young, he was really kind of unaware of exactly what went on. Bradley thought that Charles Manson himself went in and killed these oh, people. No. And he didn't understand who the three people were in the film. 
And a lot of the film is about that. And I had to explain to him, no, Charles Manson didn't kill anybody. He talked those three, allegedly, into doing it. And they did it. It wasn't allegedly. Yeah. And so, and so he just kind of didn't get it. So, but brilliantly, Quentin Tarantino showed 1969 Los Angeles in a, just a beautiful way. Brad Pitt was great. Leonardo was great. I just loved it. And normally, my buddy Mark Benilla, who you know, um, uh, we talk movies. And I've already texted him. I asked, did you see it? And he goes, yes, and I have thoughts. Usually, whatever I love, he hates. Whatever he loves, I hate. So we haven't had that conversation oh, you haven't yet. yet? No, oh. no, but we will. So, so yeah, just for me, I really enjoyed it. Two and a half hours, and I didn't notice it. Everything was there that needed to be there. I wouldn't cut a thing. I just really, really enjoyed it. Maybe more than I should. Well, while we were on the airplane, I uh, many airplanes. I watched a bunch of movies. I watched Long Shot, which was hysterical. Who's that? Um, you know, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. You know, the funny guy. He laughs funny. Everybody knows his laugh. God damn it, he has a movie out now about three young boys. What's his name, Mark? Couldn't tell you. Don't know. And the blonde that you love, Charlene. uh, Charlize Theron? Yep. Oh, oh, uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, thank you, Lord. And it was good. Oh, it was so funny. It was great. And then um, I watched uh, Endgame, which you need to see. Avengers, you said, yeah. I had to have Matthew explain one part of the ending. Um, because I didn't understand it, but it was excellent. Uh, for a, a movie on an airplane, it was great. For the theater, it was way too long. It long? Was, yeah, it was like three hours long. In game, yes. Yeah, but... For an airplane, that's fine. I, I, yeah, I expect those movies to be long. Mm, yeah, well, okay. Um, and then one of my favorites that I watched was Shazam. God. That was so cute and so funny that I thoroughly enjoyed it. I knew you would. I haven't seen it. I saw the trailer, but I knew that was right up your alley. Superhero with a sense of humor. Yeah. It's all good. And then I watched uh, two documentaries, one about penguins Mm. and one about uh, Gilda Radner. Which uh, I can, uh, I was flying back. Linda had said she watched it, so I thought I'd check it out. And I'm just killing time, so I put it on, and I'm watching it. And if you're a Gilda Radner fan, this is a must for you. No question this woman was talented. So I'm watching it, and it's all about her uh, comedy and then her foray into Saturday Night Live. And I'm watching it, and I'm not laughing. And I'm, I'm wondering, I'm not in a mood. Why am I not laughing? And it caused me to kind of reflect on things I like and don't like comedically. I've never liked sketch comedy. And when I say sketch comedy, I'm talking about um, Saturday Night Live. I've never liked it. Um, To me, the bits are unfunny and they go for eight to 10 minutes of unfunny. And I've just never liked it. Now, you take a look at Mike, my buddy Mikey, it's his favorite television show of all time. So I'm in the minority. Uh, and and Gilda Radner. But wait a minute, you gotta you gotta admit that the Eddie Murphy stuff was hysterical. I didn't get that far. 
I didn't see any. No, no, anymore. no. I'm talking about on Saturday Night Live. Like, let oh, me get in the hot tub. Oh, and, sure. There, there, there were some that I, I, I mean, like Dick in a Box is one of the greatest comedic things I've ever seen. But that wasn't. That was a film. That mm-hmm. wasn't sketch. Uh, and, oh, and, I see what you're saying. And you're right. I've just never thought. See, sketch comedy began in clubs where they would get on stage and they would dress up as characters and do these things. And there was a basic sketch, there was a basic script, but they didn't really follow it. They would go off and do other stuff. And I don't like improv because as a guy who pretends to be funny at times, I <laughs> I have angst for the actors on stage because I want it to go well and improv you never know where it's going and I find that it makes me tense Mm. and that's why I don't really enjoy it and I've never really enjoyed plus I just don't find it funny people getting up there trying to find the joke and it's I just never liked it and I didn't like Saturday Night Live so I wasn't laughing at any of the stuff that she was doing when they were talking about Gilda as a person, I was loving it. Yes. The kind of person she was, the notes that she kept, yes. little thoughts that she would have. I loved all of that. But I just didn't really enjoy that. Right. That means nothing to this documentary. So if you are a fan, this is a must-see for you. Gilda documentary probably found pretty much everywhere. I wasn't laughing at the skits either, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, but it was a great story. So while she's watching that, I wa- I'm I'm looking at uh, uh, the free Wi-Fi entertainment you get, movies or television. I choose movies, and I run across a film called Nice Guys, and it stars two of my favorite people, Leon, uh, no, uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. I love both of them, and here are two dramatic actors doing a buddy movie. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming based on the picture of the, the thing, it's funny. So I rented it. I couldn't have enjoyed it more. I'm, oh, everyone on the airplane knew you were enjoying it. Well, it was just, <laughs> it, I just couldn't really have enjoyed it more. And I'm thinking of Linda the entire time because this is right up her alley. And there's gunplay. And she doesn't like any kind of violence. Well, I don't want to see the, the you know, the guts coming out of the person. Right. And so I equate this movie, Nice Guys, to uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. What are those films? Mm. Ah, we're both toast. Um, we're both toast. A Rush Hour. Yes. Uh, it's it's that kind of gunplay. Rush Hour 1, 2, and 3. And Excellent so movies. Linda and I are going to have a date day, and we're going to go in the theater, and we're going to rent this Nice Guys, because she's going to really enjoy what they did. Because Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling... You know, I love when dramatic actors do comedy because they understand that the material is funny. They don't have to be. So they play it the way they would a dramatic role. And it's funny because of the situation. Okay. And that's what I loved about it. Really, really strong. I'm hoping. If you'll watch it again, then I know it's got to be good. I'm hoping there's a a second one. So I recommend Nice Guys. Thoroughly enjoy. Uh, Cody Decker. He and his wife have a podcast called uh, Swings and Misses. And the Misses is like Mrs. Thompson, MRS. Swings and Misses. Or Mrs. Decker. Right. It's it's now on iTunes and Stitcher. So you can easily get it. I couldn't find it before. Uh, Cody would send me a link and I couldn't find it. Yeah, I probably think that might have been on you, not No, him. no, it wasn't. <laughs> so anyway, I've heard it and they're great. Uh, Cody and his wife, it's sports, 
uh, but they do have uh, very funny moments as a couple. So check it out. Swings and misses. Not to be... Uh, oh, one more, and then we'll do some on the stay. And, no, we'll do some comments. Um, so we live in uh, uh, Lake Norman, North Carolina. We're surrounded by NASCAR fuckers. Uh, <laughs> our next-door neighbor is Rusty Wallace, and we see him all the time. We're at lunch once, and we run into Dale Earnhardt Jr., yeah. who recently uh, almost died in a plane crash, but he's okay. And he was nice, and he took a picture with Linda. That was great. So yesterday, we're at lunch, and there's this guy sitting across from us. Now, Linda has a uh, superpower. I don't have it, uh, and I'm glad. Uh, because w when I'm sitting in a restaurant or any place, I'm just kind of in my area. There's a plate of food. I'm in, in between there and the food. Oh, That's, you mean like how I was in that gift shop with uh, Tori Spelling in it? You were off your game there. Yeah. You, 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 you were not picking up anything, yeah. and I was. Yeah. So we're sitting there, and Linda's not talking, as she normally doesn't, because <laughs> she's exercising her superpower which is to overhear people around us and what they're saying. Okay, so the man across from us, he looked very familiar to me. And he's been on the phone the entire time that we've been having lunch. So I told Mark, I'm gonna text you. So I text him and I said, I, said, I think the man across from us has something to do with race car. So Mark gets on his phone and he, start, he starts Googling race car drivers and we're not seeing him not seeing him not seeing him so then I hear the man say yes I have uh, yeah yeah I have six interviews at 145 so I'm like he has six interviews at 145 Mark so Mark keeps trying to find him find him find him find him nothing so finally about 130 he gets up and he leaves so I asked the bartender I called the bartender over and I said no come closer because I didn't want everybody at the bar to hear me um, I said the man across from me looks very familiar. Can you tell me who he is? And it was... I'm not going to help you. Daryl... Waltrip. Waltrip. And I knew him from Dancing with the Stars. He was on Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> yes. But he was a, a race car driver. I'd never seen or him in my life. Or NASCAR, I should say. They call it NASCAR here. But if you come up this way, you're going to see them. And I do love the fact that these are the legends of NASCAR. And they can move about. They can go to lunch. Nobody bothered this guy. Nope. Nobody was bothering Dale Earnhardt Jr. until me. Um, yeah, they, 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 They're they all over. And even when we took the picture, we did it outside because I didn't want to make a scene. And to give you the power of NASCAR and the fact that we're surrounded, as I said, Rusty's our directly next door neighbor. Then right across the street... Our neighbor, he works for a car company, and they make NASCAR parts. That's all he does. Massive home. Massive. And so NASCAR, big business, big people. They're everywhere. If you visit here, you're going to see it. All right. That's it. For now. Let's do this. Look, Bullwinkle, a message in a bottle. Fan mail from some flounder? No, this is what I really call a message. And now, comments with Skeeter. All right, Lisa says, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. Mark, look at that last name. Arsenigan. Okay. Uh, I love your Elvis tributes. Makes me want to go back and listen to all of them. Mm, nice. Because if you remember, we were doing the Elvis tribute because it was almost his death. It was. 
his death. Yes. Oh, that's right. It was on the day that, mm-hmm. we, that we played that. Mm-hmm. Jennifer says, hi, the RG and the lovely, smart, and funny Linda. Good Lord. Hi. My first nursing job was at Baptist Memorial Hospital Medical Center in Memphis. Mm, nurses. My first assignment there was on the 15th floor, heart monitoring, where there was a suite that had always been reserved for Elvis when he was alive. I was told that the reason it took so long for Elvis to be declared dead was that none of the doctors on duty wanted to be the one to declare the king's death, although he was dead before the ambulance arrived at Graceland. Mm. While I lived in Memphis, a radio, a morning radio show had a parting gift, the Elvis bath mat. It was a white, it was a white bath mat with a body outline, <laughs> like a crime scene. Wow. Boy, okay, let me think. I, I see the humor. Yeah. I'm in Memphis. I wouldn't touch that. Really? I wouldn't go there. I bet they were quite popular. Probably, but I wouldn't. You're, see, with those, you're going to piss just as many people off as you make happy. True. That's a tough one. I, I don't know that I'd go there. Sarah says, Mark, I know you are probably a diehard butter on the grilled cheese kind of guy. Mm. But might I tempt you into trying the substitute butter for mayo? This just keeps what? Getting, this just keeps getting nastier and nastier. Butter for mayo. Trade the butter for oh. some mayo. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can't taste the difference, but the mayo creates a better crunch on the sourdough. All right, I I, I see where you're going, and I hear you, and I don't hate mayonnaise. I just don't eat it. Yeah, we don't eat. Mayonnaise. For me, a grilled cheese is mustard. Uh, whether it's a grilled cheese or even a pimento, uh, mustard is going on there, not mayonnaise. That's because so that's an old person thing because it has taste to it. Go ahead. Say what you want. My grilled cheeses or grilled cheese and ham are some of the best there is. Okay. And I'll never make one for you ever again. Thank you. Phil from San Clemente says, love the neighbor stranger danger story. I had something stupid happen to me a while back. I pulled into an Albertsons to get some things. As I parked, there was a woman sitting in her car facing mine, staring right at me. I opened my door, and as I swung my foot out, I noticed my shoe was untied. So I sat in my seat, side-saddled to tie it. As soon as I picked up the laces, honk, this woman's horn goes off right in my face. Mm. I must have jumped three inches out of my seat. I look at her, and she's still staring at me. Go back to tying my shoes, and honk, again, I jump. This time, I shoot this chick a shitty look, and she shoots one right back at me. Tying the shoes again, and honk. And it was on the third try, I realized every time I leaned over, I was pushing my right shoulder into the middle of my steering wheel. Yes, I'm an idiot. (laughs) Oh, God, that's good. Very funny, idiot, fucking stupid asshole. Stephanie says, Miss Linda and Mark, on the sunset of your anniversary week, can you please remind us couples how important marriage counseling or counseling is for a lasting relationship? Mr. E and I went for our first visit this week. It surprised the fuck out of me. My stubborn ass husband volunteered to go every two weeks. I about fell out of my chair. Already just going has made us closer. When we hit our wall, I had your voices in my head saying, Go to marriage counseling. That shit really works. And it does. Yeah, marriage counseling is, I, I hate to say it, but it's a last resort. It's when you're in such a funk where you're not speaking 
Uh, there's no relationship to speak of, and so you go. And basically, they're going to share with you ways to open up and communicate about life and your relationship. And it teaches you how to talk about the things that you normally would never discuss. It teaches you how to communicate is what it does. Teaches you how to talk. And I would say, don't do it as a last resort. Uh, Grant, but I'm saying most people wait until. Yeah. Right. No, it's I've heard of people who go to marriage counseling before they get married. Yeah. Which is not a bad idea. Right. But it really does come down to what we've always talked about, which is communicating and finding a way to communicate to where the other person can hear what's going on. So, yeah, good for you. Keep going. And you'll know when it's time to stop, you know, when things are good, when you like each other. Yeah. Uh, and good luck. Linda and I went, as I said, to Maui for a week. I only wanted to kill her twice. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Mm-hmm. She took a couple of swings at me. I wasn't offended. It's fine. I deserved one of them. But that's it. Okay. Okay. And y'all know none of that's true. (laughs) Kevin says, okay. All right. Live and Let Die was commissioned for the Bond film of the same name and charted in 1973, not 1991. Okay. All right. It, it, It wasn't about... We we have to go back. This is from um, what year is it? Mm-hmm. And I played "Live and Let Die" mm-hmm. by Guns and Roses. Oh, I thought it was Def Leppard. Oh God! <laughs> of course, the original "Live and Let Die" was Paul McCartney for a Bond film. Right. The one that I played was "Live and Let Die," a redo, a remake by Guns and Roses, which was 1991. Yes. So. That correction can suck 12 dicks. Try to keep up, Kevin. God damn it. Good Lord, dude. I mean, come on. Can you not tell the difference between Paul McCartney and Axl Rose? You know, that comment was wasted time, wasted paper. Oh, and they sent us a, he sent us a link. Like, <laughs> We don't need a link. We know what it is. Live and let die Paul McCartney. Live and let die Guns N' Roses. Two different years separated by 20 years. Two decades, dude. (laughs) Good correction. All right. And then, lastly, we got a lot of these. And it's quite funny to me. Tony says, hey, dumbass. (laughs) Jimmy Webb, the singer, is alive and well. But Jimmy Webb, the co-founder of regional real estate brokerage and management company Freeman Webb, Mm-mm. died April 18th, 2019 at 71. Jimmy Lane Webb's birthday was August 15th, 1946, so he just turned 73. Where did you find your information? Tickets are available for his shows in September. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, shit, dude, that was an amazing tribute. I love his stuff. Thanks for sharing. Another disposable listener fact-checking. All right, so uh, I heard this. This is so me to do this. I saw... Such the RG move. It is. I saw, obviously, on the internet, Jimmy Webb dies. At 71, it was the realtor. And I didn't bother to go further, so I did a tribute, a beautiful tribute to the great... great And those of you that don't know, Jimmy Webb wrote, by the time I get to Phoenix and Galveston and all these, MacArthur Park, all these great songs, and I did a 20-minute musical tribute, and at the end, I said, rest in peace, Mr. Webb. 
Uh, and then Linda <laughs> tells me, based on these texts, these emails that we received, dude's not dead. Oh, the first thing I saw was on Twitter. Like, uh oh, he's not dead. And I was oh, so God. deeply entertained, I, I reached out to the people that I know musically who might know Jimmy Webb and the one that I got closest with because I I wanted Jimmy Webb here on the show on the phone so you could tell him that he was dead absolutely okay and he hopefully would have thought it was funny Steve Lukather my buddy formerly with Toto maybe he still is I don't know what's going on but I told him what I did and I said do you know Jimmy Webb and I, he goes I do I've written with him but I've lost touch I have no idea how to find him so Yes. Yes. I did a 20-minute tribute to a guy that is not dead. He's got shows coming up. I own it, but I also say, if you know Jimmy Webb, find that show, play for him the tribute. He will have a tear because I really thought the dude was dead. My bad. Okay, and then before we move on, Mm -hmm. um, 55 years ago this week, Mary Poppins premiered. Mm. So I have some questions for you about Mary Poppins. Oh, God. Yeah. I bet I don't get any of them. Okay, here we go. Mary comes to work for the Banks family. What was the name of the London street where they lived? Was it Cherry Tree Lane, Privet Drive, Wimpole Street? I'm going to go Cherry Tree Lane. That is correct. Wow. You know, I go with the most offensive, and that's the one. Cherry Tree Lane. Where do you live? Cherry Tree. I wouldn't it buy... Was, it was going to be... It, that, that's a beautiful street. I wouldn't Cherry bu- trees. I wouldn't buy a house if it was perfect and gorgeous if it was on Cherry Tree Lane. Imagine. Where do you live? Cherry Tree Lane. Oh, I would love to tell people I live there. What, are you in Fairyland? Yes, I am. When Mary goes on a jolly holiday with Bert and her chill... Oh, wait, and her child charges, what was the color of her carousel horse was it blue purple or yellow i was gonna go pink and you didn't say pink i'll say wait okay her purple blue or yellow Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go yellow purple fuck yeah crikey of all the memorable tunes contained in the soundtrack to Mary Poppins only one got an Oscar nod for best original song Mm. for which it did win I don't need the uh, things what song was it supercalifragilisticexpialidocious which his real name is a spoonful of sugar sure and you are incorrect fuck it was Chim Chim Cherry oh I hate that song that Dick Van Dyke sings that Mm -hmm. oh alrighty if you see me Watching what is this movie? Mary Poppins. If you see me watching Mary Poppins, I lost a bet. In the 2013 Mary Making Chronicle, Saving Mr. Banks, Tom Hanks played Walt Disney. But who portrayed Mary's Arthur P. L. Travers? Was it Helen Mirren, Emma Thompson, or Kate Winslet? Emma Thompson. That is correct. I saw that movie and I don't remember her being in it. In last year's sequel, Mary Poppins Returns, Emily Blunt took over the role of the famed nanny. Hmm. But who created the character of Mary's cousin, Topsy? Was it Angela Lansbury, Meryl Streep, or Julie Walters? I doubt they could get Meryl Streep. 
You said, who was the first one? Angela Lansbury. No, no. Uh, the unknown one, the last one. Julie Walters? Yeah. It was Meryl Streep. Oh. I guess they could get Meryl Streep. All right, you got two out of five. You suck. Good. <laughs> I, I don't want to be good at a Mary Poppins quiz. History. 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 That happened, and we all let it happen. On this day, 1970, this song, I'm Your Captain, was released on the album. Now, this was never a single. Uh, the album was a big hit. Radio began to play it. It's called Closer to Home by Grand Funk Railroad. It was written and sung by Mark Farner. And here he talks about the inspiration for writing it. I prayed one night that God would give me a song that would reach and touch the hearts of people that he would have touched. And I got up at 3.30 in the morning, and I couldn't get that ink pen moving fast enough across the paper. I mean, it was just coming at me, all these words. And I went back to sleep and got up probably about 8 o'clock and picked up my guitar that sets in my kitchen. And I started strumming out some chords, and I said, hey, man, this will probably go with those words that I got last night. And sure enough, I'm your captain came out of that. Now, you, you know, I'm a big Grand Funk Railroad fan, and they had, Mark Farner had left, uh, but he came back for this one particular reunion tour. I was blessed to have Mark Farner and Grand Funk, the original three, on the Mark and Brian program. I watched them perform live. It was tremendous. And I went to the show. It was at the Greek, and it was a charity uh, tour where they were playing with the Bosnia Orchestra, and they were raising money for Bosnia. And they went into I'm Your Captain, and it was the first time that they had done it with a full orchestra in front of them. I'm going to play just a clip of this. I witnessed it at the Greek theater. Here it is. I'm your captain, 
I'm your captain Though I'm feeling mighty handsome So there you go. That's awesome. I was on this day back in 1990. This is pretty great. Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. become the first father and son to play on the same major league baseball team at the same time. Wait, was one of them a coach? No. Both players. Father and son. It was on this day, 1986, Steve Winwood's Higher Love hits number one. was on this day 1968 the Beatles release Hey Jude the first single on Apple Records is their longest checking in at seven minutes and nine seconds and soon becomes their biggest hit in the United States Hey Jude don't make it bad take a sad song and make it better remember to let her into your heart then you can start to make it better it was on this day 1965 bob dylan releases highway 61 revisited powered by the hit single like a rolling stone it hits number three once upon a time you dressed so fine through the bumps of dime in your prime then you People call, say beware doll You're bound to fall, you thought they were all I'm kidding you You used to laugh about Everybody that was hanging out Now you don't talk so loud so proud about having to be scrounging your next meal how does it feel how does it feel to be without a home it was on this day 1979 Neil Young releases the album Rust Never Sleeps with the hit song Hey Hey My My Into the Black. 
the line, it's better to turn, I'm sorry, it's better to burn out than to fade away is one of the most famous and debated rock lyrics. It's only sung in full in the song's acoustic counterpart. It drew scorn from John Lennon and was cited by Kurt Cobain in his suicide note. Here's what Neil Young has to say about why he wrote it. People want a star to be flashy and they want something that they don't have to relate to as being human. You have your moment and you go away. But stars are supposed to represent something else, I guess, in the sort of a super quality of it's great and once it isn't great people don't want to hear about it because it doesn't satisfy their illusion they want something to be bigger than life or whatever that's where that came from it's better to burn out than to fade away or rust because it makes a bigger flash in the sky you know That's all I can do with that. <laughs> God almighty. Um, okay, so before we get to what year is it, uh, Linda and I were in California before we go to Maui and we're driving and uh, we're, we're, we're heading toward the kids' apartment and we're passing by the Hollywood Bowl and we hadn't quite gotten there and we passed by this place. I don't know what it is, but it's over on the right, but right by the Hollywood Bowl. There's a lot, parking lot. There's a lot of park. And I, as we're driving by, I said to Linda, I made an appearance there. And I had thought about it since we did it. Um, and so as I'm processing what it was, we went, Mark and Brian, we went to sell Christmas trees. Yeah, the Christmas tree sale. Make an appearance. And so we get to this event, and it's well attended, a lot of people. And there is this, and I don't know as I go into this, I don't know who provided this, whether it was the place we were appearing at or somebody from KLOS, but there's a sleigh there where Santa Claus is gonna be. Great, so while the parents are shopping for a tree, the kids can talk to Santa, all good. Slight Santa arrives and he looked good. He was all dressed, he was good to go, he's Santa Claus. So he's in the sleigh and at one point, because we're signing autographs and taking pictures, I look over and Santa Claus is sitting in the sleigh. He's got a kid on his lap and his hat, the Santa hat, red, you know, with the white ball on the end and then that white fur wrapped around the front. He had a card stuck in that white flap that said, written in black magic marker, tips for Santa. Tips for Santa. And so I mentioned to somebody, Santa Claus tips, he's advertising for tips. No, no. So somebody went and spoke to him and he took the card out and continued to talk to the kids. I look over 20 minutes later, he put the card back in. <laughs> tips for Santa. And so somebody went and spoke to him and he said something to the effect of, you know, hey, Got to make a living. And he refused, and we had to remove him from the premises. <laughs> we kicked out Santa. Yeah. 
Now, I don't know exactly where he came from. I've never, ever in my life seen that. No. Tips for fucking Santa. Good Lord. That's funny. It is, as you look back, but I was not happy. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, good Lord. We got listeners coming down. You're going to have your kids sit on Santa. Tips for Santa, kid? What you got in your pocket? Right. Tell me what you want for Christmas, but first, flip me a buck. All right, are you ready? I'm going to name the show Tips for Santa. <laughs> are you prepared? Ugh. All right, here we go. Okay. Should I save this one for last? Uh, it doesn't really matter, does it? Probably not. All right, here we go. We'll just start up with this one. Good luck. One of the year's top movies. It's the story of a man who went looking for America and couldn't find it anywhere. Easy Rider stars Peter Fonda. It's not every man that can live off the land, you know. And something ripped from the headlines. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility. We copy you on the ground. Man on the moon. Here's that moon thing again. Linda, we just went through this. It was just the anniversary of that. What year was that? I just gave it to you. That's a huge... We just went through it. Oh, fuck. I don't know if it was 68 or 69. Oh, come on. Well, I'll just go with my favorite number and say... 69. It was 1969. As she applauds herself, she is one for one as we're going to sleep last night. Which, by the way, she hasn't been sleeping well, so I stayed awake waiting to hear her start snoring. <laughs> It took a while, but I said to her, as we're trying to get sleepy, I said, with remember that year, I've got one that you're you're never going to get. But I got four. So now she's one for one. Is that the one? Was that the one? No. Oh, fuck. All right. Song from said year. She's some kind of wonderful. Yes, she is. She's some kind of wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit movie from said year. To whom do you think you are talking, Marshal? You is to whom I think I'm talking, sister. John Wayne and Catherine Hepburn. Rooster Cogburn. And ripped from the headlines. He left for an appointment at Max's Red Fox restaurant at approximately 1.30 p.m. Wednesday, July 30. According to his family, former Teamsters president Jimmy Hoffa is missing. Jesus. The question is, what year is it? Okay. So I'm just going to say the year that you said on this day in history for Grand Funk Railroad. And you said 1975. It is. 19. 
75. <laughs> she's some yeah. kind of wonderful. Yeah, she is. She's, she's some kind of wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Okay, I'm exhausted. Two for two. Two for two. And I told her last now, night. Now, I would have never have known that if you hadn't have done that uh, on this day. I told her last night, I said, you need to get out of four. You need to get at least three. She's now two for two. She gets one more. And she has done what I requested. Mm-hmm. Here now, two remaining. Song from said year. I have no idea who that is. Who is that? Tell me who that is. Ozzy Osbourne. This is the one. It is. <laughs> Movie from said year. Hands Across America is being called a huge success tonight. No, sorry, by... this is headlines from said year. Hands Across America is being called a huge success tonight by organizers and participants alike. Last official count, more than 4.9 million people took part in the human chain. Okay. And the one that may help you, movie from said year. I'm taking the day off. Now get dressed and come on over. The question isn't what are we going to do. The question is what aren't we going to do. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They bought it. And the question is, what year is it? I don't, uh, was Ozzy Osbourne popular in the 70s or 80s? Ferris Bueller. And I don't remember. All right. I'll just say 1979. When she misses, she misses. It's 1986. (laughs) All right. So I said to you, as we're going to sleep, you need to go three. You need to get three. You've gotten two. There's one remaining, meaning you have to get this. <laughs> Song from said year. Movie from said year. Tom Selleck and Bess Armstrong. Let me get this straight. There are people trying to kill us. In High Road to China. Ripped from the headlines. The announcement now, it's official, the most valuable player, Super Bowl 17, John Riggins. The question is, what year is it? Okay, it's going to be in the 80s. Eighty-two, eighty-three, eighty-four. Mm. So I'm going to go with. For the record, she has said eighty-two, eighty-three, eighty-four. She has said that, and I said you have to get three out of the four. She's gotten two. She has to get this. Am I close? She said eighty-two, eighty-three, eighty-four. The only thing I'll say at this point, for she has chosen. The correct answer 
is one of those. Fuck. Well, I don't remember them being popular the year that we got born, but that doesn't mean anything. The year we got born. I mean, got got born, got married, got her born. Brain has turned to mush. <laughs> The year we got, got first of all, not only is it the wrong word, it's bad English. The year we got born. The fuck is happening? I told you I was exhausted. Good Lord. <laughs> the year we got born. But the actually, that was the from? beginning of our, okay, never mind. Answer. Okay. 1984. The answer is 1983. Damn it. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. I got stuff to get. Uh, the uh, most popular dog names of 2019, the top 10, they're right here, guy and girl dogs. Okay. So you can guess. Well, there's always a Max. Number five. Yeah. Max. Max is a great dog name. I do love that. Uh, All of these are really good. Bella. Wow. Number one. L Lily? Not here. Come on, girl names, come on. I'm trying to, Coco? Not here. I'll start naming them. Okay. Number 10, Molly. Oh, I like that. Number nine, Sadie. Oh, how cute. Number eight, a little two for me. I like it, but still two. Number eight, Daisy. Daisy, that's so cute. Number seven, I love Cooper. Cooper. Number six, Bailey. Yeah. As you said, Max, number five. Number four, Lucy. Oh, Lucy, the bird. Remember her from uh, Maui? Pretty funny. There was a bird. I don't know what it was. And is in a cage. Nice cage, big. Big, huge cage. And so Linda wanted to go see Lucy. And, uh, so we go up and we're talking to Lucy and she's just standing there. And so we spent maybe two minutes and so we said bye and we start walking away. As we walked away, Lucy whistled at us. Mm -hmm. So we go back, talk with her some more. Every time we walked away, she would whistle. So Linda, that's all she wanted to do. She, Let's go see Lucy. Mm -hmm. So we go every time. We talked to her a little bit. As we walked away, she'd whistle. Lucy, number four. Uh, number three, Luna. Fuck, why didn't I get that? Eleni, Loon Tune, number three. And as you said, Bella's number one. Number two, number two, mm -hmm. Charlie. Charlie's cute too. Yeah. I like all those. Yeah, good dog names. I said that too going to sleep. Yeah. I said there's top 10 dog names. I like all of them. Mm -hmm. I talk too much as we're going to sleep. Maybe that's why I can't sleep. I'm sure it is. <laughs> uh, today is national and this is one you won't be able to celebrate today today is national beach day oh it's also i was there last week though 
you actually could celebrate this one, National Toasted Marshmallow Day. Mm. But it's also... It is Labor Day weekend, considered by all to be summer's last hurrah. I'm happy that the summer's over with. It's just like fuck the summer. Let's just let's just get on with it. Well, red. Yeah, that's really what that's all about. Yeah, and you know. Obviously, it was really, really hard for us, and it's uh, kind of amazing how people who knew how much red meant to us. Uh, there was a guy that worked with us installing stuff around the house, and he no longer does that, and he's on to something else. And I get a call yesterday from him. He had been listening to uh, the show, and he heard the episode where we had to put red down. Sean is his name, and he, uh, whenever whenever he would come into the house the very first thing he did was visit with red yep and he was devastated to hear the news and he called and that was nice of him okay so for labor day your top five destination cities are people go to be in these cities for labor day really yeah so i'm thinking it's for it's uh beach is so let's just go don't think that oh at all oh I mean, like, at all. Okay, so we're not going to the beach? Pretty much not. Okay, so let's just say Asheville. Good Lord. No, (laughs) I'm just going to cut you off here. (laughs) Asheville? I'm not talking around here. Uh, Number five, Chicago. (laughs) Number four, Orlando. Oh, yeah. Number three, L.A. Well, I was going to say L.A. That's the beach. People don't go to L.A. for the beach. It's the yes, worst. They do. It's the worst beach anywhere. But you don't know that until you get there. Number two, Vegas. Oh yeah. Number one. Number one. Say it. Florida. New York. <laughs> Florida's a state. God damn it. All right, now this kind of blew me away. Get this. Listen to this. This shocked me, and this was this morning. According to a new survey, 77% of people say that their school days were the best years of their life. Okay, but who did they survey? People. My thing is is, is that if you surveyed these college kids that haven't lived much yet, then they're going to say that. It just says, well, actually, no, it says parents. 77% of parents said their school days were the best years of their life. Wow, that's pretty sad to me. It's beyond sad to me. I didn't hate school. I didn't get it. I think they're more about all that went on with the school. Well, I went to school. Not the learning. I went to school because I had to. So, all right, here we go. Labor Day. If you don't have a grill or you're not in the mood to fire it up and you want a burger. Yeah. Here now are the top five. Oh, Jesus Christ. I cannot believe that we're doing this again. It's changed. Oh, okay. Here we go. Number five with 54%. I've never heard of it. Smash Burger. Nope, never heard of it. 58%. Number four, Whataburger. And that's a Texas favorite. Yeah. Number three, 
From the Midwest, 67% said Culver's. Hmm. Number two, 68%. Five guys. Number one. In and out. 73%. Yeah. In and out. And if you're going to take a weekend off, here are the top five vacation disasters. Okay. Number five, lost credit card. Yeah. Number four, bad weather. Three, food poisoning. Number two, vacation disaster. Linda's there. No, it's not true. Number two, I mean, it says it. (laughs) Number two, God, no internet. You're on vacation. (laughs) At number one, and I think it's only happened to us one time, lost luggage. Yes. But they found it eventually. Mm Mm-hmm. And and then there's this. Joel Schumacher, director of Batman, could give Wilt Chamberlain and Gene Simmons a run for their money. The director, whose credits include Batman and Robin, St. Elmo's Fire, and Lost Boys, estimates that he has slept with 20,000 partners. What? In an interview with Vulture, the openly gay... 79-year-old says that number isn't really amazing for a gay male because, quote, it's so available. He explains, quote, now a lot of gay people are getting married, they're adopting, or they're having kids. There wasn't any of that when I was young. But don't expect Schumacher to name names. He says, quote, I've had sex with famous people, I've had sex with married people, and that will go to the grave. I have never kissed and told about anybody who gives me the favor of sharing a bed with me. Okay. Joel Schumacher. I don't know much about it, but I have gathered that, especially in the male part of it, I don't know about the female, but the male part of it, I'm I'm gathering that there is a lot of promiscuity that goes on there. I I have no idea, and I'm not going to talk about something I know nothing about. I just said I gather. Okay. I'm not saying it is. I'm not getting in trouble with anybody about anything except for my grammar today. Now, um, this does bring up the question because there is a film. I've seen a bit of a clip. This is a movie directed by Martin Scorsese starring Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. It's called The Irishman. This movie is going to clock in at three and a half hours. I feel like that was as long as Endgame. Why? 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 So the question is, how long is too long? Mm-hmm. That. It, yeah. I mean, an, an hour and a half, an hour 45, that's about it. This sometimes happens with directors when they get a little older and they're adamant about their opinion and then that scene has got to be in there and it's and yeah, I'm not taking if, anything. What out. if it's great, though? Well, it's possible. I won't see it, but what if it's great? The, I'll just say this. The roundabout figure to start with for a movie, and I've made two, and both of them, actually I've made a lot more than that, but of my films that I wrote, produced, and and starred in, uh, both of them were an hour and a half, 90 minutes. That That is the figure that you begin with. If you start moving into two, 
and many do, most films are going to fall between an hour and a half and two hours. Most. And if it's getting around two hours, there better be a reason for it as far as I'm concerned. Now, as I said, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood two and a half hours. I didn't feel it at all. Hmm. It was solid top to bottom. So, what's too long for you? I, t- I just, it only needs to be an hour and a half, hour 45. Mm-hmm. Two hours is too long for me. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Mother Ghost, there, I thought that I had printed this comment out, but I did not. Dan Weathers says, Mark, I have been a fan from day one. I've never written or called before until now. I watched a mother ghost and it wasn't what I expected at all. I was blown away by just how darn good, damn good you are. Wow. I was in tears too, fucker. Wow. So that was very nice. Oh, mother ghost is a, a sweet, great movie. So he complimented me and then he cussed me. Because you made him cry. Fuck him. Pussy. Who cries at that horse shit? And then there was another comment on Twitter on August 20th, and it said, Hi, Linda, would you mind sharing a picture of Mark doing his painting on Twitter? I don't have Instagram, but I would love to see a painting if possible. Donna, and all you other people who aren't on Instagram, and it's just not to follow me, Instagram is so much fun, and if you can get on Twitter, you can get on Instagram, it's just that easy. And you will thoroughly enjoy it. And the first person to follow is Will Smith. Because it's so funny and he is just amazing. Linda shows him to me. He is pretty good on these. Yes, and he does. He, I mean, he's very entertaining. So get on it. Cause I, you know what? The, I do the IG story on Instagram and that's where I show Mark's paintings. So. All right. I, and his trouble with his trees. Uh, I asked him yesterday, I said, did you did you work in the uh, art studio today? Yeah. What'd you work on? Trees. You, you know, it's like anything. You you The stuff you're good at, you don't do. The stuff you're bad at, you do. You get better. by. And I've made s- some progress. I'll be the judge of that. Of course you will. <laughs> and, and I thought I had mountains. You know, like the last time I did mountains, it fucking looked like mountains. I did it yesterday. It looked like a chocolate sundae. <laughs> Just say it. I'm going to have to go in there and look at that. All right. I love this, and I'll tell you why. The organizers of the Storm Area 51 event, 21-year-old Marty Roberts, has gotten his event one step closer to being a real thing by getting an official permit from the state of Nevada for huh. an event that he's now calling Alien Stock. No doubt that something is going to happen in the desert over the weekend, September 20th, and it's probably going to be big. Unfortunately, politicians and police in the area aren't excited about alien stock and have already been declared a state of emergency, explaining that they need from the state of Nevada to handle the crowds they're expecting. Now, this, this, okay, you all know Area 51 is rumored to have alien craft and alien bodies and all this stuff. And so somebody has organized, I guess it's this 21-year-old Marty Roberts or Maddie Roberts, come, we're going to invade Area 51. And they will be shot. Well, they're not. (laughs) They're they're not going to do that. But, and this is what I love about it. This thing has grown and there's now going to be camping. You can't get a hotel room anywhere near it. Uh, camping and concerts and food and drinking and laughing over nothing 
And if you want to take one thing and base the Mark and Brian program on, it was the fact that we had 10,000 people show up to nothing. And I, I just love it when people latch on to stupid shit and just go have a good time. Nobody's going to crash Area 51. You could get shot. Yeah, They're going to have a nice time. And I love it. I love when people come together and do dumb shit. But I feel like some people think they're going to get in there. Well, then they're going to get what they deserve. It is a government facility. Right. The government has guards. And those guards have guns. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Scientists in Germany say they have developed a blood test that can predict with 80% accuracy if you will die in the next 10 years. Ooh. Yeah. Let's say they're right and the test works. Would you want to know? No, I would not. Nor would I. Who would? You do the test, you're going to die in 10 years. That's the result. How could they know? Right. I mean, honestly, how well, could I they I guess know? by your lifestyle. My lifestyle is just fine. Yeah. Leave it alone. My lifestyle. Uh, and then a sex doll industry expert suggests that the sex dolls can become dangerous with coding errors causing violent behavior, including strangling. Oh, Jesus. The expert who works closely with different doll manufacturers pointed out that the robotics and the programming need to be regulated before things get out of control. Now, I agree with that. I mean, because you're banging along and all of a sudden her vagina clamps down on your junk and you're stuck. There needs to be a mechanism that, you know, okay, there's been a meltdown, let go. This is also funny to me. But I defend the sex doll world. Some of these look pretty good. I've seen them and some are awful. Some are just, it, it's kind of you get what you pay for. The more expensive ones look great. The cheaper ones look like like you're about to fuck Carl Reiner. I mean, it's not good. But I defend it because what about those people? And I guess primarily guys are the audience for this, for the sex doll thing. What about guys who just can't get laid? They're really ugly or nasty or whatever. And you can afford it. Get you a sex doll. And, and then um, just lastly on this one, uh, those of you, the shocking news, we were flying back from Maui and we landed in LA, which means all our phones would work. And you could hear a, cu a couple of gasps through the plane because as our phones woke up, everybody was reading the news uh, that uh, Andrew Luck, quarterback for the Colts, had shockingly announced his retirement based on injury and he had spent his entire career fighting back from injury and he was exhausted and he said he wasn't living the quality of life that he wanted and the only answer for him was to step away. He was retiring. And then rumor had spread before it was announced publicly at a Colts preseason game that he had already told the team and that he, Andrew was going to, uh, the Colt fans booed him. Mm, mm, mm. They asked him at the press conference where he officially announced his retirement, 
did he hear the boos and what did he think? And he said, I did hear them and I have to be honest and say that it really hurt my feelings. This is a guy who gave, I mean, he spent his nine years, nine. And this is the heir apparent to Peyton Manning. You gotta remember Peyton was the Colts guy, Super Bowl. And he moved on to Denver and it was Andrew Luck. This was the heir apparent and now he's retiring based on injury. And he gave everything and he got booed. Football fans are ruthless. They are. They are. So now, and I don't know if this is because of the booing or it's because Colt fans have given up based on the retirement, but there are many that are uh, demanding their uh, PSL, their season ticket money back. Oh, that's because Andrew's not their quarterback anymore. Right. Right. Can you do that? You can ask for it. I guess it depends on what you signed when you got them. I have no idea. I signed something. I have no idea what it says. All I know is we have season tickets. And we're going to be there as we play the Rams. And I'm not going to make any predictions whatsoever. (laughs) Why not? Because we're playing the Rams. Sam's going to be here next Friday. Sam and Paige. Fuck them both. I don't think he'll be here to uh, be on the podcast, though, that early. No, he... No, she... He flies in on one. I mean, Sam, this guy, boy. He was just in New Orleans. Well, he he texts me and he goes, I'm in Charlotte. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm just laying over. I'm about to fly to New Orleans. So this guy travels all the time. And then when he came to visit last time, we had dinner plans and we're going to go out on the boat. and, And Sam would get called away to go right. Well, it is football season. And so he would disappear into the upstairs bedroom for hours to write. That's his life, yeah. traveling and writing. Yeah. I would hate that shit. You mean the uh, Hall of Fame? Inducted into the Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer in our house. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned to Sam, he was coming and congratulations on the Hall of Fame and I look forward to seeing you. And he responded with this, yes, while I'm there, speak when spoken to. <laughs> okay. All right, rumor has it in the hallways of the Mark and Linda podcast that there are quite a few birthdays. 28. Wow. Good Lord. Oh. So, let's just get on with this. <clears throat> 813, Joshua turned 40. 816, Debbie P. turned 54. On 820, Jake turned 52. Also, Linda from Pico turned 52. 821, Raul turned 63. Daniel from Bakersfield turned 40. Lisa Thomas turned 55. Steve's wife from Utah, because he didn't (laughs) give me her name. I love those. Is turning 31. So her name will be Utah and the chicken. Uh, 822, Nikki... Martinez turned 35, 823. This is for you, Mark. Bill turned 71. Nice, Billy. Yeah, 824. Sue, I said Billy. <laughs> Sue W turned 67. 825. Mary turned 47. 826. Stephanie turned 36. Maria Vega turned 57. And Randy turned 57. 827. Panther fan Ronald Scott turned 48. Ronald. 
Stuart Shuttler, who we met in Cleveland, turned 50. I don't remember him. He came to your movie premiere in Cleveland. Oh, I hated him. Okay. <laughs> Poor guy, he drove all the way down kind of thing. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm hating on him. I really, he was smarmy to me. No, no, he wasn't. Okay. 828, Arnold Loyal, 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 Lloyd. Thank you. Turned 66. Okay, I got to tell you, uh, Arnold knows he listens and he knows that I love it when somebody's older. And Arnold has sent me stuff. He sent me a photograph of himself. It was a selfie. And he goes, I know you love it when dudes are older than you. <laughs> and I dug it because he is a very good looking. Well, I don't want to say good looking. Not that he's attractive because Arnold, you're not. But he's 67 and he looks 67. He's got this big mustache and he's not big and fat. He's just a dude. Oh, right. And I told him, looking good, Arnold, and, and appreciate the picture. Yeah. And you are a lot older than me. Mm-hmm, not that much. He really um, Lisa and Red Bluff turned 53. Debbie Kent turned 52. Dana P., who was a switchboarder for M&B under Priva, turns 46. Dana. Uh, Chad, uh, on 8.30, Chad turned 40. Chris, 36. Catherine R. turned 47. That's today. Yeah. 8.31, Trucker John turned 40 is going to turn 45 on 9-3. Dennis is turning 48. Zach Hill Jesus. is turning 35. And on 9-4, Sherry is turning 60. Am I pausing it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Good luck. <laughs> Joshua, Debbie, Jake, Linda, Raul, Danielle, Lisa, Utah, Nikki, Bill, Sue, Mary, Stephanie, Maria, Randy, Arnold, Stuart, Arnold, Lisa, Debbie, Dana, Chad, Chris, Catherine, John, Dennis, Zach, and Sherry. Happy birthday, everybody. Also, someone in the chat asked if we got our Chester drawers that's supposed to be delivered tomorrow. Oh, yeah. They are coming tomorrow. Made it by one fucking day. Late, late delivery though. Five to eight p.m. That dude knows what's good for him. My God. It's just the way it is. Um, That's it. Go enjoy. Have a great Labor Day weekend, people. Um, so Linda does do social media and she's all the time doing crap. Um, at Lake Norman, Linda. It's everywhere. Yeah. Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You don't even know what you're talking about, but yes. I was trying to get the goddamn answer. So do enjoy your Labor Day. It's an exciting time. My Auburn Tigers are playing the Oregon Ducks tomorrow night. What you got to say about that? I have no idea what we've got, but I'll be there watching. Yeah. By God. Y'all have a good Labor Day. We'll check you back next Friday. Bye. Thank you.